How many of you believe that commitment matters? Anyone that has uh, made a big impact in the world has had to commit himself or herself to something that they really believe in. They commit to whatever that endeavor is to the very end, through the ridicule, through the people maybe scoffing at them or laughing at them or saying, you're not going to amount to anything. You're going to see how it's all going to fail. But they stay true to that endeavor to the end because they believe it to be true. Does marriage uh, need commitment as part of its uh, foundation? The, the marriages that thrive are the marriages that commit themselves, the couples that are commit themselves to, to the end. And there's a lot of good in marriage. Amen? There's a lot of bad in marriage. Uh, not in first service, but, you know. And there's a lot of ugly in marriage. But those who commit themselves through the good and through the bad and through the ugly, they see that their marriage thrives to the end. There's even commitment in friendships. My, my greatest friendships that I have that have been, we've been friends throughout the years is because we've committed ourselves to each other, even through the struggles, even through the misunderstandings. And so much about life is about commitment, and there's no greater commitment than a commit, commitment to God himself, a commitment to a relationship with Jesus. And I think that video is very telling of how we are as people because we can be swayed in our commitment to God and to his church and to the principles that God has for every one of us. Our, our, our walk with Jesus will always be based on a commitment. And we see that in his life. We see that Jesus calls us to follow him, though none go with me, still I will follow. And we see in John 6, as we go into the, the scripture, how Jesus Christ, who had done many miracles, there, become, there begins to be a decline in those that are committed to him. They care more about the voices that are on the sidelines. They care more about the people of, of status than they care about this man who came from Nazareth, whose name was Jesus. And we see that he questions his disciples, what are you going to do? And I think he questions us today as his disciples, what are we going to do? Are we going to commit to him till the end? Because it takes a commitment. With all the things that are going on in our lives, it takes a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. Not just when it's good. Sometimes there's bad things that happen in our lives. And sometimes we want to blame God for those bad things. Sometimes there's ugly things that happen in our lives. Sometimes there's a divorce that happens in Christian relationships and you really have to make a choice. Am I committed to the one that says that these things 
should not happen in my life. Or someone dies that we care about and, and we have to make a choice. Are we committed to the one who says, I will stay faithful to the end? Or relationships. You got to work through relationships. You got to work and you got to press through relationships in the church and love each other to the end because you're committed to the one who gave his life for you, who cares about you through all of your good, all of your bad, all of your ugly. You commit yourself to him. And it makes you a lot more strengthened to commit yourself to others that he's called you to love. So we're going to look at uh, John chapter 6. We're going to finish this chapter. Remember what's been happening here. He started out by feeding 5,000 men plus women and children. He, uh, he goes off by himself and then he goes to the disciples at night or early in the morning when it was still dark and he walks on water and he brings the peace of God into their abode, into their place and they reach their destination with the peace of God with them and in them because Jesus was there. The multitude of people come to him after that and he says, you're coming to me not because of the miracle that was performed but because I fed you. So he saw that their motives were in the wrong place. Then we find out that he talks to them. He said, I am the bread of life. And if anyone eats my flesh and drinks my blood, they will have life. And they began to murmur and argue and get upset about his words, not understanding that the words that he spoke were spiritual words that they were a lot greater than just the temporal, because we live in the temporary. How many of us live in the temporary? Temporary problems, temporary circumstance, temporary relationships, and we lose focus of the eternal. The eternal means that God has a big plan and no matter what we're facing. And so, so Jesus gives them this language, and they begin to really, really question him and have a problem with him. And so now we come to verse 60, and this is what it says. It says, many of his disciples said, now disciples are followers, okay? So many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. And how many of you, if you were in that first setting or sitting, when Jesus said, if you eat, unless you eat the uh, my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have eternal life. How many of you would have said, man, that's great. Where do we start? Do I start with the foot or with the hand? <laughs> All of us would have had a kind of a hard, difficult time with it. Amen? So they said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, does this, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. This is important. He's talking spiritual language. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Now remember, the whole thrust 
of, of, of everything that's happening in chapter 6 is the difference between believing and working. Believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the answer to our problem, our eternal life, or trying to do things in our own effort. Remember that the Jews had said to him, what, must, what works must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus said to him, the only work that God wants from you is for you to what? Believe. Believe in him. Okay, now he gets to this place and, and he says, uh, the spirit alone gives life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. That helps us to understand the context that when he was talking about eating his flesh, he was not talking about physical flesh. He was talking about what? Spiritual. Very good. But some of you do not believe me. You, you see the contrast there of faith and works? For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. Now that's very important to know, and we always pray to the Father. We beseech the Father for people to come. We thank the Father that he's brought us into the fold. The Father doesn't want anyone to perish, but that all will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, but not everyone does. Amen? Verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. What chapter is this? Chapter 6. What verse is it? 66. Put them all together. 6, 6, 6. At this point... Many of his disciples deserted him. When we walk away from God, it's not God at work in us. Who is it? It's the enemy. Hold on to that. Verse 67, then Jesus turned to the 12 and he asked, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. Do you notice that Peter always had the right answer? But do you also notice that Peter also made some pretty bad, boneheaded decisions? Like denying him. But, but he, had, he had the right answer. He, exactly. He said, you know, Lord, to whom do we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe. That's important. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Notice he didn't say, Lord, look at the way we act. Look at the way that we behave. What did he say? We we believe, and that's important for you. If you're watching online, if you're in the Kearney campus, if you're watching today, you need to know that belief is the most important thing that you can do in your walk with God. Belief in Jesus will, will, will actually be the catapult of how you behave. If you believe Jesus, if you trust Jesus, and I'm saying you trust him, you trust his word, you trust what he says, and you follow what he says, you become a follower of Christ, then you'll see that he's true to the end. And then Jesus said, verse 70, I chose the 12 of you, but one is a devil. He was talking about Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. What I love about this is that even though Judas would betray him, Jesus loved him to the end. Are you with me? 
It, it, it speaks to us, beloved, because sometimes people in our life betray us. But when God is working in us and through us, we love them to the end. And we should always be careful, we should always be careful to not think that we can't betray. We should always submit ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, work in my heart, work in my life. I don't want to do anything that will cause me to be a stumbling block to what you have for me and to others. We're not beyond that. You see, the, the, the disciples had to make a, make a choice, and you have to make a choice. That though none go with you, still you're going to follow. Though, though, though none are going to come alongside, though none are going to applause you for following Jesus. Not following people. Not following what's happening in your country. Not following what's happening in your school. Put that aside. Put all the things that we're bickering about aside and say, am I going to follow Jesus to the end? No matter what's happening around me, I may, I'm going to make a choice to follow Jesus. And that takes a commitment. That takes a commitment. And, and your first commitment has to be this. From this scripture. If you take something away, the, the first commitment has to be... you you. Commitment wrestles with difficult words. But we'll trust Christ to the end. Let me tell you something right now. Let me say something to you right now. Some things in this book are very difficult to understand. There, there, are, there are some things in this in this eternal book this book is like no other book but there are some things that you read that you wrestle with how many in first service you just understand the trinity god is one one god revealed to us in the person of the father the person of the son and the person of the holy spirit you say oh i get it oh it's easy Theologians struggle with it. We believe it because Jesus taught us that. The Holy Spirit teaches us that. The Father teaches us that. God is one revealed to us in three persons. But it's not an easy understanding. And that's just one of the many complexities of what we read in Scripture. Those words that Jesus said were very difficult to understand. Stand. Some words are hard to receive. Some of these words are hard to obey. How, how many of you that, that, you know, maybe people are living together and, and, and you don't want to tell them, but you know what God's word says and, you, and, and, and you, you know that it's better for them that if they cross over the threshold to commitment and say, I want to marry you, that it pleases God, it honors God, but it's hard for us to sometimes say. Are you with me? But how many of you know that you can never have commitment without it? Nobody raise your hand. I know. How many of you know that, that the, the things that the Lord 
invites us into, facing our fears, you have to be committed to Christ to face your fear. You have to be committed to Christ to confess your sin. In fact, the Bible says that if you commit your sin one to another, you will be healed. And yet we struggle confessing sin because we, we don't want to expose them. We don't want to commit ourselves to be vulnerable and to be honest. How many of us have a hard time being honest? You know, be honest about everything. Just honest. Your, your, your life is an open book. It doesn't matter. You're an open book. That's who Jesus was. But there's that struggle, that tension that we have. Some of these things that we read about, some of these things that Jesus says are very difficult to understand. But if you can believe him, if you can trust him, you will see that his word will never return void. And if you progressively move in that direction, if progressively you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you where I'm at. I'm going to trust you where you're taking me. I'm going to trust you, Lord, that you're going to work in me and through me. And every time it's going to be fearful. Every time it's going to be, uh, sometimes you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, embarrassed to do the things that God has called you to do. But you're going to find that he is faithful no matter what you And you find out that God's word will accomplish good in our lives when we trust him. And many of his disciples, they said, this is very hard to understand. How can we accept it? They said, anyone. But I'm going to put we. It's very hard to understand. How, how, how can I accept it? And Jesus, because he knows everything, he knows James Reese. He knows the things that I have to face every day. He knows that he's called me to a, to a higher place. And he's called every single one of you. He's called you, if you're watching online, to a higher place. He wants to pull from you, extract from you the image of God that he put into you so that you become better than you could ever imagine. You become better than you can ever imagine. But sometimes you're not going to understand it. And sometimes his word is going to offend you. And sometimes it's going to offend people around you. And he's telling them, what are you going to do? What are you going to say when you see the Son of Man go back to his rightful place in heaven? What are you going to do after I die for the sins of people? And I go to the grave for three days, and I rise from the grave, and I spend 40 days with my disciples who stay true to me. And there'll be 120 of them, and I'll spend time with them. They're going to change the world, but before that, at the 50th day, I'm going to go back to heaven. On the, right before the day of Pentecost, I'm going to go back up to heaven, and they're going to see the angels. You're going to see, what are you going to do when that happens? If this offends you. If it offends you that I'm telling you spiritually to eat my body and drink my blood, if this offends you, what are you going to do with spiritual things? You know, walking with, with Jesus Christ is a relationship. And every relationship is based on trust. Every good relationship is based on trust. See, Sean and I, 
We have a pretty deep relationship. We've been married for 35 years, thank the Lord Jesus Christ, that she stayed with me. But can I tell you something? Can I tell you something that's true? That our relationship is not superficial. She knows my warts. She knows my, my, you know, all my, all the stuff in my life that w- at one time tried to destroy my life. She knows all that. And can I tell you something? She still loves me. And we're in this relationship, and it's a, it's a trusting relationship. When everyone, when everyone will turn on me, to this day, by the grace of God, she still stays true. How much more Jesus? How much more Jesus Christ stay true to you? So, but have you noticed that sometimes you have to process what someone that you trust says? You ever notice that? You know? You, you, you hear them and you're like, hmm... And if you're smart, you don't say anything back. You process it. It's the same way with Jesus. I, 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 don't, I don't need to know everything at that moment. There are, there are mysteries that are mysteries, and I'm okay with not knowing those things at this present moment. I am still going to follow him. You, you are not going to figure out a transcendent God in one week. He's way, his ways are way beyond our ways. Our theology is always progressing. I'm always learning. There are things that I look at his word and I'll be like, wow, I never knew that. And I've been reading his word for 24, 25 years. And he still speaks to me things that I'm like, wow. And there are things that I'm like, Lord, I just don't understand this. Francis Chan put it like this. He said, it's it's, it's not about figuring out all the mysteries of God, but embracing him and cherishing him even when he doesn't make perfect sense to us. If If your walk with God is about figuring everything out, And understanding all the mysteries, you're going to miss the person of Jesus and growing in this relationship with him. Because progressively he's going to feed you and he's going to teach you. And every day is a learning day. There's another guy, his name was the Apostle Paul. He wasn't Jesus. But Jesus radically transformed his life. And the Apostle Paul spent two years, three years with Jesus by himself. After he ascended. And, he, and Jesus taught him. The Apostle Paul, I wasn't taught by any, the, any uh, seminary, any, any, any person, any human. I was taught by Jesus himself. And so the Apostle Paul writes things, letters to the churches. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. And this is what Peter says about Paul. In, in, in uh, uh, 2 Peter 
verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, he says, And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. And speaking of these things in all of his letters, and then he said this, Some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. But here's the thing that I know with God, I will never, I may question some things in his word, but I will never question his love. His love is constant. It's real. And it's ever-present. And I, and I commit myself to the love of God and the love that he has for me because I trust that he will give me what I need for the moment that I am at. And when I don't understand everything, I commit myself to the process. Let me tell you something that's important. I don't even understand everything my wife says. I sometimes leave the room going like this. What was that all about? But I don't stop loving her. Can I tell you why? Because I'm committed to our marriage. Are you with me? And you got to settle that, beloved. You got to settle that. Because there's always going to be something that's going to come into, you, into your life that will pull you away. Think about the things that are trying to pull you away from this relationship with God. You're putting your eyes on the wrong things. And do you not think, beloved, that God allows things to come into our life to see if we're really, truly committed to him? Second thing is commitment isn't popular. But it's vital to the one that matters. See, this is a world's model. Look out for number, look out for yourself, bro. Look out for yourself, sister. Look out for numero uno. That's not commitment. Because can I tell you what that, what, that, uh, that, what that kind of fruit it bears? If I'm not happy with you, I'm moving somewhere else. Because I'm not committed. People are afraid of commitment because it's based and founded on trust. And most people in the world have had their trust broken. And when we don't commit... In the most important relationships in this world, it is never from God. It is always from the devil. And that's why I believe that that verse fell with that number. Six, six, six. Because Jesus never kicked those people out of his life. Those people walked out of his life. Are you with me? 
Look at 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and they deserted him. And Jesus went and he tried to trip them and say, don't go. Jesus watched them walk away. And he looked at his disciples. And he said, are you going to go too? Are you going to leave me too? And in this, in this world that we're living in right now, that there's all kinds of craziness, and, and no matter how you feel about what's happened in the last two years, they have happened and God has allowed them to happen. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, he's seeing where our hearts are at. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, he wants to see who will stay true to him. Because he's never walked away from us. And to Jesus, people are greater than America. People are greater than Mexico. People are greater than Russia or the Ukraine. He cares about every person in this cosmos, including you. The great uh, evangelist, one of my heroes, Billy Graham, put it like this. He said, make sure of your commitment to Jesus. And seek to follow him every day. Now, now this is important because what, what Billy Graham is saying is be intentional about your faith with God. You have to make a choice every day that you're going to trust Jesus for whatever the day brings. He says, don't be swayed by, by the, the false values and the goals of this world. And how many of you know that the world's going to throw you their, their merchant of goods? How many of you know that the world will throw you their ideas? How many of you know that the world's going to throw you anything that it can to trip you up and to take you away from your faith in Jesus Christ? And Billy Graham goes on and he says, but put Christ and his will first in everything that you do. And what I've come to learn is that my strongest relationships are the ones that I have the greatest commitments to. Did you know that? That my greatest relationships, the ones that thrive, are, are the ones that I actually invest into. We talk about my relationship with Shauna. We, we've got a wonderful relationship. Besides God, this is the top relationship that I have. But I'm committed, intentional about investing into that relationship and safeguarding it. Let me ask you a question. Are you? In your marriage? In those relationships that matter. In fact, let me tell you something. That when someone tries to come between, out, out, between Sean and I, can, I, can I tell you that I get very angry. Because I know that's not from God. When someone hurts my wife, I get very angry. And I try not to sin. But I love that woman. 
And I know she loves me, and, I, and that's how it is with Jesus. Can I tell you that in this relationship, for years, there's always something that the world tries to bring into my life to try to pull my love from her. Can I tell you that? Sometimes it, sometimes it could be on a screen. It can take, it can, it, it's an image that wants to take my eyes away from, from her and for esteeming her highly, and it tries to pull me away, and i got to deal with that image. i got to say, you know what? I... I don't need this. I need this relationship. And people can also talk and, and they can say things and, and then they try to sway me. It's the same thing with God. There's always going to be something, beloved. There's always going to be something that will try to pull you away from your relationship with God. That's why the psalmist put it like this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. But, but do you notice that it's a two-way street? God will always do his part, but he invites us also to do ours. And every morning we have a choice of what we're going to be committed to. And whatever you aim at your commitment, whatever your commitment, whatever you're aimed at is exactly what you're going to strive for. And God, God placed that in every person. He wants us to have an aim. He wants us to have a goal. He wants for us to be pointed in a direction. That's why Jesus said, come and follow me. Because he wants for us to be aimed in his direction. And when we do that, it changes us because the closer and more committed we are to God... Through Jesus Christ, the more that we are less vulnerable of being pulled away. Can I tell you what happened to Judas? When you read Judas's life, number one, he started taking money from the, from, the, from the money bag, which is what he took care of. And instead of him confessing and saying, you know what, I've been taking money that's not mine. The devil, he had a foothold, he had a foothold he entered in. Think about this. When we have sin in our life, that doesn't mean we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin, but we don't have to live in sin. We can turn away from sin. We can turn away from the things that will take us away. So Judas began with that. Then his heart got cold. He got mad because, they, because this, this woman they married came and, and, and washed the feet of Jesus with perfume. And then she dried it with her hair. And she said this, this perfume could have, could have been, uh, um, it could have been uh, spent to, to help a lot of poor people. And, and Jesus scolded him and says, this, this is a testimony to what this woman has done. It will be spoken about throughout throughout the generations, and, and really what his intent in his heart, because he had opened up that door, is he wanted that money in the money bag so that he could spend it. And let me tell you something, beloved. Let me tell you something. He was not committed to Jesus because he had his own agenda. And every single one of us, every morning we have a choice. Are we going to live our own agenda or are we going to live God's agenda? And I'll tell you something that you'll see the fruit of it throughout your day. You're going to see your, your lifestyle. You can see what you're living by reflecting and looking back and say, did this, did this morning honor God? Did my, did my lunchtime honor God? Did my, did my, uh, did my, uh, before, uh, my evening honor God? And all these things, did they honor God? And you can say, if they didn't, I'm going to realign myself and not be swayed by the ways of the world. Not because you want to behave to get your right standing with God, but because you believe that Jesus is worth it. 
Here, here's the last, uh, the last takeaway. Commitment isn't easy, but it always pays off in the end. Is commitment easy? Of course not. The question should not ever be, is commitment easy? The question needs to be, is commitment worth it? You with me? Talk to that person that committed himself to a vision, a gifting that God placed in him or her, and they were committed to it to the end, and they saw the fruit of it when everyone scoffed at them and laughed at them. Tell, tell that to, to a person that has this friendship and they've guarded the friendship with, with integrity and trust and at the end of their life, they find out that they've been friends with an individual or maybe two individuals for a lifetime and that relationship has always, always brought glory to God and been good for them in their life. They were committed to it. Tell it to that person that, 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 that stuck in their marriage through, through their teenage years, through the, their children growing up into their teenage years and their young adult years, and they start making choices that their thinking, their thinking just went out the window, but they stay true to themselves. I'm talking about the teenagers, not the, not the spouses. <laughs> but they stay true in the commitment to each other, and at the end they see God turn everything around because he's that good. And tell that to someone who has trusted Jesus and from a very young age or middle age or older age you trust Jesus and you hold on to him and at the end of your life when the pastor goes and prays for you you know that you know that you know that you're going to be in the presence of God. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he did for you. And when you enter into that room, I'm talking about the pastor or the leader or the, or the Christian. You enter that room and you go to pray with them. You can feel the presence of God. Because they've trusted Jesus Christ to the end. The, 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 great, uh, the great coach, Vince Lombardi, put it like this. He said, most people fail not because of lack of desire. They fail because of lack of commitment. Here's, here's what, what I know for sure in my life. Though none go with me. I still will follow Jesus. Though all of first service would say, you know what, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know if I can understand this. I don't know if I really believe this. I'm just going to walk away. Or though I, I don't like what you've said today, I'm just going to walk away. Even if everyone walks away. Trust that God is true.
And my question to you is this. Will you do the same? Will you follow? Even with what's happening in our country, even with what's happening in, 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 in all the, the, the illnesses and all the pandemic and all of this stuff and all of the craziness that's going on in this world, will you still follow Jesus to the end? Because that's exactly where your peace will rest. That's exactly where your joy will lie. And that's exactly what will get you through to the end.